Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. If you will, be open your Bibles to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 4. I'm also going to be in, uh, I'll probably start off in uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, but Matthew, chapter 4. But uh, I want to mention some things about our ministry. We're in a Bible printing ministry. Now, some people say, well, that's a need. Well, yeah, there is a need. And others say that's a nice thing to do is print Bibles and give them free to people around the world, to missionaries, national pastors. But we also believe it's a command because uh, we have a course that we teach in our college. It's a 54-hour course. It uh, takes 54 hours. It's a three-hour uh, credit course, credit hour, but it takes 54 hours for the teaching and testing. And, uh, and of course, we have two-hour and one-hour courses, too, but that's one, and we teach on the doctrine of local church Bible publishing. Uh, our Bible teaches... And uh, many times in a church, and I think I've done it here in the past, uh, years ago, I taught uh, 30, 35 minutes on that to show you it's a church's job to print the Bible and not the world's job. And it's God's people's job through His ordained plan. Did you know in the beginning of our country, local churches printed the Bible, those Ivy League schools, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, Columbia, all of those they had presses, and those colleges were started by local churches. And uh, you can go there and visit the churches, and uh, some of them are old, but you can see those old presses they used to have that they printed the Bible with. And uh, so, but the world said, hey, this is a marketable item. The church is doing it and printing it for free and giving it to Christian people and others that need Christ. But we can make money off of this. So they started doing it and they said, out there in the wild, wild west, uh, it's rough out there. We can get Bibles out there and sell them out there and we can send Bible salesmen all over and make money off of this. And then the Bible Society started also. And boy, they printed all kind of translations through the years in these Bible societies and in publishing houses. And uh, but we print the King James Bible. We use the Texas Receptus manuscripts from which the King James came, and many other great translations in other languages. And uh, we have a Bible translation school in Milford, Ohio, and uh, it's a master's degree, doctor's degree program, and. Uh, uh, we have our Bible college, and then we have that level uh, for that. And uh, you have to have four years of Bible before you can even go into Bible translation, because if you don't know the Bible, you can't translate it very well. And so uh, that is necessary. I was in some churches in Virginia, and several surrendered to come, and some were teachers. 
And so they lost their teachers in those Christian schools, and they came to our college to further their education and a master's degree to help translate the Bible, because there's over 2,000 languages that have never had the Bible in their language in history. And so we're working on those. Every year we publish one or two and sometimes three brand new languages. And we have translation teams around the world. We think we have the best Bible translation school, better than Wycliffe, better than New Tribes and any other ones. And uh, we work together a lot with Trinitarian Bible Society in England. And uh, but uh, the, our, our professors, one speaks 20 languages and he's learning more. He, he wants to get where he can speak 50 languages, but he knows 20 right now, speaks them fluently, and we have others that speak five or six. And so they're really good at Bible translation. And then we are printing, we've got requests, as I said before, for over 300 million Bibles from missionaries and national pastors around the world. We also get requests from churches wanting us to print personalized scriptures for them. We get requests from nursing homes and prison ministries like Rock of Ages. We print a lot for Rock of Ages. They just had their conference recently over at Gantt Street Baptist Church, and I was there in that conference uh, for it. And uh, one young lady that's working out in Utah and New Mexico and some of those areas said, I came to Bearing Precious Seed asking God what He wanted me to do. And I was going to work in the print shop and see if that was it. And she said, and I was praying about Rock of Ages too, working with women in the prison. And she said, I walked in to Bearing Precious Seed to work there for a couple of weeks and said, right down the middle was uh, pallet after pallet of pallet of scriptures for Rock of Ages prison ministry. And she said God spoke to her heart and now she's in Rock of Ages because of seeing that in our shop. But we're happy to get the gospel out. Amen. But the need is great. Right now in National Bible Publishing Month, which can be any month the church de desires that works best for them, we are trying to get churches to take a month out of their schedule and honor Christ and His Word by helping us. And one of the areas we're working on is Poland. And you say, why Poland? Well, President Duda, the president of Poland, and I don't know why, but he's not a Biden fan. But he really liked Trump. And uh, President Duda asked us, he said, could you supply Bibles for all my military and my police? He said, because we've got 3.7 million refugees from the Ukraine in our country. And he said, they've lost family, they've lost friends, they've lost jobs, they've lost houses, homes, everything. And we're trying to help them. And he said, I want New Testaments for all 3.7 million of them. And I thought, ooh, that's a lot of money. You're talking about multiplied millions of dollars. plus." In the Ukraine, they're begging us for Bibles. The, a lot of the missionaries followed their people to Poland, to Hungary, to uh, uh, Romania, to Germany, and to Italy that have taken in Ukrainian refugees. And uh, they are working, but some have stayed in the Ukraine. And it's heartbreaking because uh, they've watched everything around them blow up. And they've stayed. 
American missionaries stayed and the Ukrainian pastors have stayed, many of them there. One missionary sent me a picture. He said, Brother Bob, he said, a lot of my church members' homes were blown up with them in it and they're all dead. And he said, uh, a home was blown up and he said, I'm sending you a picture. He said, I'm carrying a little girl to the hospital. He said, her mom and dad and five brothers and sisters were all blown to bits when their house was blown up. But she lived. She survived. Her legs were blown off, three years old. And he sent me a picture of him carrying her to the hospital, running and weeping at the same time. And they were able to save the little girl. And since all her relatives have been bombed and killed, they're adopting her and uh, they're going to raise her and pray that they can get some prosthetics for her in the future where she'll be able to walk because they're from a little above the knee on both legs is blown off. But uh, they can help her walk in the future. But the Ukraine, uh, we have printed several million scriptures already for the Ukraine and for for Poland, but we've got to print so many more. Thailand is begging us for scriptures and missionaries there. And Uganda, they're having a lot of people saved in both these places and they need Bibles. And in Colombia, a lot of the missionaries and national pastors are winning the cartel to the Lord in Colombia. And they want Bibles. They said, boy, if we can get more and more of these saved, we can wipe out some of this drug going on and coming into the states. And uh, so we're working on quite a few countries around the world and uh, missionaries all over and country after country begging us for Bibles and national pastors too, even in Pakistan, India, other places, as well as all over Africa, and what have you. Uh, so pray for us as we try. We, we have presses that could do so much more if we just had the funds to do so. One of our big presses on one side of the shop, and they were, many of our little presses wouldn't even fit in here, but uh, we've got huge presses. One now we can do John Romans on by itself, and now we've added a big, huge new press, which is longer than your building, and um, a lot higher and uh, that press, we do New Testaments and whole Bibles on. And having the two presses is wonderful besides smaller presses we have. But these two big, huge roll-fed presses are wonderful because they can print fast and print thousands. And when you don't have to change over from John Romans or smaller books to and the larger ones, you don't have to change the presses. You don't have as much waste in paper. And so it's saving us a lot of money. So pray for us in that area. Now let's pray and then we'll read the Word of God. Now Father, please bless in this time I have. And Lord, please give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us. And would you bless your Word and would you lift up your Son today through the message and we'll thank you and praise you and we love you. If there's anyone lost, please save them before it's too late. And for we Christians, stir us to Christ's likeness and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 
in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable. Amen. Some people don't treat it like it's profitable. Uh, they think television's more profitable. They think uh, music is more profitable. Right kind of music's wonderful. Yeah. But it's the Word of God, it's profitable. And uh, what's it profitable for? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, spiritually mature, throughly furnished unto all good works. Now that word throughly is an old English word in the King James Bible. It's not thoroughly, it's throughly. And it's deep. It refers to time. It refers to position. And it refers to personal, individual assignment. In reference to time, it means to finish out. In position, it means the position of one who teaches. And all of us ought to be teaching somebody. Sure. All of us. And then it refers to the personal, individual assignment. It means to equip within and without one who will be teaching one who is valuing their time and finishing out. In other words, there's no place to quit. God wants us to finish. Amen. And then in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, Jesus speaking, and uh, in verse 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Would you allow me to preach this morning on the magnitude of the magnificent Word? Would you allow me to do that? God's Word is the traveler's road map. It's the pilot's compass. It's the pilgrim's staff. It's the soldier's sword. It's the believer's log. It's the missionary. It's the pastor's message. I'm talking about the Word of God. The Bible contains light to lead you. It contains comfort to console you. It contains food to sustain you. It contains wisdom to teach you and fire to warm you. This big book reveals to us the mind of God, the original state of man, the fall of man, the uh, way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the God's plan and purpose in the ages, this book. Its author is God. Its writers were men. It's infallibly inspired. It's perfectly preserved. It's inerrant in all of its contents. It is given you in life, so study it. It'll be opened in judgment, so prepare for it. It will endure forever, so practice it. It's a gold mine of wealth. It's a river of pleasure. Yes, sir. And it's a paradise of glory. Amen. Matter of fact, God's glory is its end. And our Lord Jesus Christ is this wonderful object. Yes, sir. Because in Psalm 40 and verse 7, 
And in Hebrews 10 and verse 7, Jesus said, In the volume of the book, it's written of me. So he's its wonderful object. And our good is its design. Right. Here heaven opens. Paradise is restored. Hell's gates are disclosed. Think about it. Its histories are true. Its doctrines are holy. And its precepts are binding. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. In Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, But his delight, talking about the blessed man, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so we need to read it. You say, how should we read it? Well, we should read it thoughtfully, thinking as we go. We need to read it carefully, lest we miss the very will of God for our day Amen. and for our life. And then we need to read it frequently, every day, Amen. and sometimes throughout the day. And we need to read it prayerfully, ever so prayerfully as we read the Word of God. Not just, well, I got that done. I read that. Sure. I'm a good Christian. I read my Bible. So, uh, no, we need to read it ever so prayerfully, frequently, carefully, thoughtfully. And then we need to read it to be wise. And we need to believe it to be safe. Yes, sir. And we need to practice it to be holy. And we need to memorize it to grow spiritually. Yes, sir. Listen, this book involves our highest responsibility. This book regards our greatest labor. And this book will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. I'm talking about the Bible. This book, the Bible, is an inspired book. It's an inerrant book. It's an infallible book. It's an inexhaustible book. It's an indestructible book, and it's an interracial book. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Amen. And uh, sometimes our churches need a little more color in them. Amen. I was in one church up in northern Ohio, and I went in and I thought I'd gone to the world. They had blacks, they had Orientals, they had, had uh, Arabs that had got saved. They had, they had white people, they had Mexican people, they had European people. They had people from all over the world. I mean, it was amazing. And I said, uh, how did your church get like this? He said, knock, knock, knock. He said, just sharing the gospel, just loving people and showing them the truth. You see, this book, the Bible, is a meaningful book. It's a missionary book. It's a miraculous book. It's a moving book. It's a maintenance book. Uh, it'll keep you from breaking down. Sure. But if you do break down, it is able to fix you. Right, amen. And so it's a majestic book. This book, the Bible, will educate you. It will equip you. It will energize you. It will enlighten you. It will enlarge you. It will encourage you. And it will enrich you. I'm talking about the Bible. Now, in Matthew 4, it says, Man, 
that first word, man, talking about mankind. But before it said man, it says, as it is written. In other words, it's pinned down forevermore. For time and eternity, it's pinned down. An eternal witness and an eternal warning. This book, the Bible. It is not... Uh, and then it says man. Talking about man, it's not just talking about the saved man. It's talking about the lost man also. It talks about the new Christian, the carnal worldly saint, the shallow saint, the shirking saint, the stubborn saint. We got some of those. And the growing uh, Christian, the separated, sanctified saint. Right. But it also includes the backslidden the atheist, the rebel, the scorner, the scoffer, the communist, the, the socialist, the cultist, the religionist, the humanist, the evolutionist. When it's talking about man, it's talking about every man, woman, boy, and girl. It means mankind. And then it says, shall not. That means it's an emphasis, it's an emphatic announcement. It's an utter impossibility that shall not means. Man shall not live. It's utterly impossible for man to live, to have breath, to have life, to have spiritual, eternal life. God breathed. I'm glad God breathed on us and Amen. saved us. Amen. And we have received, repented of our sins, and, and trusted Christ as our Savior. And now we know Him as a friend, as a person. And we have a personal relationship, not just a religious thing we're going through. We know Him personally. And that's such a wonderful thing, to get to know Him. And the closer you get to Him, the more you love Him. Amen. And so man shall not live by bread alone, by physical provision, by personal pleasures, by pride, by prominence, by position, by power. There's more to life than self and sin and secularism and Satan. There's more to life. But then it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but, that word but means contrawise. It means it takes something else, but by every word. You say, what's important about this? Every word. Right. Every word. Right. That proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I asked myself one day, I said, Lord, what kind of words proceed out of your mouth? And I got to thinking about it. They're pure words. Psalm 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. The silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Every word of God is pure. There are also preserved words. Psalm 12, 7, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. They're preserved words. Mark 13, 31, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And then they're not only pure words and preserved words, but they're powerful words. Hebrews 4, 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful. Amen? Amen. Amen. This pastor preaches it with power. And thank God for a man of God like this that's followed another great man of God, Brother Caldwell. And I'm so grateful for a church that has a history of loving and living and preaching with power the Word of God. Amen. 
So they're powerful words. Could I say they're piercing, penetrating words too. Hebrews 4.12 again, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This book knows your heart. Yes, sir. It can go where nothing else can go. It can reach where nothing else can reach. You can be the best friend that lost person ever had and do all kind of things for them. But until you give them the Word of God, you've not given them anything that can pierce and penetrate and get down where they need it. And then they're prophetical, not privately interpreted words. Second uh, Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no scriptures of any private interpretation for holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And uh, I didn't quote that quite right, but it was close. But anyway, <laughs> for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So they're prophetical, not privately interpreted words. Oh, people love to rest the Scripture, twist the Scripture. But oh, if you'll read it, God says what He says, and He means what He means. Amen. And they're not only pure, preserved, powerful words, piercing, penetrating words, prophetical, not privately interpreted words, they're perfect words. Second Samuel 22:31. as for God, His way is perfect. The Word of the Lord is tried. It's been tried, and it's been found perfect. Yes, sir. Amen. Psalm 19 and verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And so, I'm talking about the Word. Uh, I just happened to use all P's, you know. <laughs> but uh, could I say this and hurry along? They're precious words. They're precious. There's some people that are precious to me. This man of God is precious to me. Brother Lewis? Nah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's precious to me. <laughs> brother Caldwell, you're precious to me, brother. You're precious to me too, brother. <laughs> and so there's a lot of people that are just so precious to me. And God has been so good to let me have so many precious friends and precious people that pray for us. But the Word of God's precious. Psalm 12, uh, Psalm 126, 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him, bringing those souls with him. And then let me say their preeminent words. Psalm 138 and verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. When you get up every morning, like I do, do you praise God for His loving kindness? I can't believe how good God's been to me. Somebody told me when I was in the hospital one time, flat on my back, and they said, He's not going to make it. And I, I heard the doctor, uh, he had called in all the family, and the pastor came, and some deacons and all, and he said, I don't think I can pull him through. He's not going to make it. And I spoke up and I said, don't you bet on it. He said, you're supposed to be out. We gave you knockout medicine. What are you doing? I said, I'm listening to everything. And I said, uh, I'm laying here and I'm busy worshiping and praising God. And if I get to go to heaven, I get to go to heaven. But uh, 
I think I'm going to stick around a little while just to mess with your mind. And uh, I said, because you're, you're, you're going to hell and you don't know Jesus. And so I'm going to stick around and witness to you a little longer. He said, well, you may not. I said, but I might. And I got to win him to Christ later. So anyway, they're preeminent words. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word even above all thy name. Boy, he's got a big name. I got a message where I go through his names. Boy, he's got a big name. But he said, I've exalted my word above that. But that bothered me when I first read that, Pastor. And then I realized his name's in his word. They're, they're together. So they're exalted together. But they're preeminent words. And then they must, they're, they're, they must be perused words. You say, what do you mean? They've got to be read. They've got to be read. Isaiah 34, uh, 34, 16 says, Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. That was God the Father speaking. And then Jesus says to us in Matthew 22 and verse 29, Ye do err not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. And then two verses later in verse 31 he said, Have you not read that which is spoken unto you by God? One day we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And He may look into our faces and say, why didn't you read it? You're in error. You don't know the Scriptures, so you've never had the power of God on your life. Because you didn't know the Scriptures. Other things were more important to you than the very Word of God. My Word that I gave to you to help you, to guide you, to lead you, to, to direct you into peace and joy and the grace and mercy that you, I want you to have the things I want you to have in your life. And you didn't read it. 2 Timothy 2.15 Quote that for me, Brother Josh. What was that? 2 Timothy 2.15 A work with that needed not to be ashamed, right to dividing word of truth. Amen. So, we're supposed to be studying to show ourselves approved unto God. Yes, Rightly dividing this book. And then let me close with this. They not only need to be read, perused words, but they must be published words. Yes, sir. Isaiah, uh, uh, excuse me, Psalm 68:11 says, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. And that word company means a called out chosen assembly. Old Testament times it was Israel. New Testament times it's the church. Mark 13.10 it says, And the gospel must first be published among all nations. That's one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing. Isaiah 55.11 God said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please in the thing whereunto I sent it. God wants His Word sent. Who should read the Bible? The young to learn how to live. The old to learn how to die. The ignorant for wisdom. The learned for humility. The rich for compassion. The poor for comfort. The dreamer for enchantment. The practical for counsel. The weak for strength the strong for direction, 
the haughty for warning, the humble for exaltation, the trouble for peace, the weary for rest, the sinner for salvation, the doubting for assurance, all Christians for guidance. I'm talking about the Word of God. Is it important to you? Uh, do you love it? Do you live it? Are you doing all you can to give it? By mouth? By giving the Word? Will you stand before God one day and you'll have to look into your face and say, I gave you my Word. Why didn't you love it? Why didn't you live it? Why didn't you give it? Why, why didn't you read it and study it? You're in error. You didn't know the Word, so you didn't have the power of God on your life. Now, Father, pastor's going to come and close the service as he sees fit. My legs are a little weary and worn out, so I'm going to let him finish. But, Lord, we need to love this book. We need to serve you better by reading and learning exactly what we need to be doing and who we need to be reaching, who we need to be touching. Help us to fall in love with you because God is love. And if we have you in us, we should be sharing love everywhere we go, loving people, helping people, caring about people. And we'll do that if we stay in this blessed book. So help us, dear Jesus. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.